Well, we are in that special week of the year, that week that comes just between Christmas and New Year's, where we get to celebrate the season of Christmas. I hope, um, you know, I think sometimes we Christians, we have a little bit backwards where all of our Christmas celebrating happens before Christmas, but in actuality, the season of Christmas is now. Now is the time to feast and celebrate that Christ has come. And so this week, we have kind of all of the mix of having the afterglow of celebration with family and friends, and we also have kind of the pending turning of the calendar to a new year, and that brings with it all kinds of new ideas. It brings new hopes, new dreams, new expectations. We also spend some time, hopefully you get to, reflect back on this past year and all that has happened. And so it's a mix of looking back and looking forward. And so as we're focused on those things today, I want us uh, to kind of head into a new year, making sure that as we look forward to what is to come, um, that we first and foremost see Jesus for who he truly is. That the message of Christmas would stay with us. That today our desire would be to see Jesus. That we would want to see more of him. And so on your outline this morning, you can find that here. But at Christmas, we see Jesus for who he truly is. As Eddie said earlier, Emmanuel, God, come to us to save. We see him for who he truly is and who we truly are in him. And so as we set out to do that today, to see Jesus clearly, uh, that's my prayer for my family in this coming year, that we would want to see Jesus, to see more of Jesus. I hope that's your prayer for your family, for your life to see more of Jesus, and I think that can be a prayer for us together as a community of faith to want to see more of Jesus. And so today, I thought I would take us to one of my favorite stories in the Bible. If you grew up in uh, the church, it's one story, no doubt, that you heard probably at a very young age about a man with a funny name who was different than everyone else. The story of Zacchaeus, a great image here. And so if you have a Bible, I'd love you to turn to Luke chapter 19. It'll be on your screens. We're going to start in verse 1 and look at this very unique man who has a unique encounter with Jesus. A story about someone who desperately wants to see Jesus. And with that story kind of guiding us, I want us to see for ourselves three things of how we can see more of Jesus as we head into a new year. The first is this, and this is on your outline if you want to follow along, and we'll be reading throughout Luke 19. But the first is this, is that in the story of Zacchaeus, we see that Jesus sees the different in everyone. Jesus sees the different in everyone. Look at verse one, if you have it there. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. 
So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. So right away in the beginning of the story, we see that there are a couple of things about Zacchaeus that make him different, that make him unique. First, it's his job, right? We're told that he is a tax collector. And at the time, the Jewish people, of course, lived under the control of the Roman Empire, and so they were forced to pay heavy taxes. And what the Romans would do is they would employ local people, local Jewish people, to be the collectors of those taxes. And so you could imagine that the local people, his own people, did not look at him very fondly. And on top of that, it was a position that led to a lot of corruption often. And so often these tax collectors were taking a little bit too much, some extra for themselves. And so Zacchaeus' job makes him very different from everyone else. But secondly, we're told that he's rich. And during that day and age, the disparity between the rich and the poor was so great that those who had great wealth would have been vastly different, led vastly different lives than the majority of the people that they encountered each and every day. But there's one thing about Zacchaeus that we're told that most of us remember about from Sunday school days, right? And what is it? How is, the, what, how is Zacchaeus different from almost everyone else? And the kids, if you're here, you can answer. What is it about Zacchaeus that we remember? Yes, that he was short. That he was very short. In fact, many Bible scholars believe that Zacchaeus most likely was a dwarf or what we call a little person today. That it's very likely that that's what he was. And so it would have made him incredibly different from the people around him. He's so much shorter than everyone else that when he hears that Jesus is coming down the way, he desires to see him so strongly. Maybe he's heard of him. Maybe he's seen him before. But his desire is so strong, he can't get through. He can't see. And so what does he do? He climbs the tree to get a better view. But what he doesn't realize is that as he's attempting to see Jesus more clearly, Jesus is about to see him clearly. In fact, what I love about this story is it's exactly because Zacchaeus is different that Jesus points him out. Do you see that? That if Zacchaeus wasn't in the tree, Jesus wouldn't have had occasion to point him out and say, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? It's because Zacchaeus is different that Jesus sees him clearly. Jesus sees the different in everyone, and he celebrates it. And so to illustrate this this morning, and I'm taking a big risk, I know this, but I'm going to ask if we have maybe three or four kids, elementary kids, who want to come up here. Come on up. I'm going to point you out if you don't come on up. I see one. How about that guy right there? I see you. No? No? Okay. Couple more. One, two, three. How about four? How about... Okay. I only have four. So somebody's going to have to share. Okay. So, when my family and I go on a road trip, 
we did this past summer. It was great. We went up to Tennessee in the mountains. One of our favorite things to do, and maybe you know this too, is to go to Cracker Barrel. All right? One of those great road trip spots. And one of my favorite things at Cracker Barrel, of course, oh, yes, Oliver, I'm going to pay you back. I gave you one. I'm sorry, buddy. Life is a pastor's kid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one of my favorite things is to go to the store, right? You've been to Cracker Barrel, they have that store and they have all these incredible candies, right? But my favorite candies are these little things right here. They're like 10 cents each, right? And they have all these different kinds of flavor, these like hard candy sticks. They have probably 30 different kinds in jars there. It's great, you can look through them all. And so I have five of them here and I'm guessing that you all really like candy, right? And I'm guessing that you would all really like one of these, right? And so I'm going to read you the flavors. They're all different, okay? And you can tell me which one you like best. This one is bubblegum. Who likes bubblegum? Okay, all right. All right, and this is watermelon. Who likes watermelon? Okay, we got some watermelon, yeah. And how about cherry? Yeah, okay. And how about cotton candy? Yeah. And, oh, this is my favorite. Where, where, did, where did it go? I thought I had that one. Oh, I have, two, I have two watermelons. Okay, two watermelons. Yes, exciting. Okay, so who said, who said they liked watermelon? Okay, I'm going to give that to you then. Yeah. And who said they liked cherry? I'm going to give that to you then, yeah. And then who said they liked bubble gum? Oh, oh, do you have one? I'm going to give that to you, yep. And who said they like cotton candy? Okay, then you're going to get that one. And you get watermelon. Now... These are all different, but they're all really good, right? Can I have them? Do you want me? Do you want to keep those? Can I have? You want to keep them, right? It's not the flavor that you got, right? It's not the flavor that you wanted. It's not what you expected, right? But it's still really good. It's different than what you expected, but it's really good. So you're okay with what you got? Good. In fact, you're really excited to take that back, right? You can even eat it now. I give you permission if you'd like. Okay? All right. Thank you, guys. See, I love that little illustration because so many times we come into life with expectations of what we think is good, the good life, and God brings difference into our lives, something different, something different than what we would have expected. But what I want us to understand and see this morning is that it is the different that Jesus sees and values. It is difference, in fact, that makes us all part of God's family. It's that we are all different that makes God's family so beautiful. And so some of you may know people in the world that have been labeled different. Maybe you know someone who is on the autism spectrum. Maybe you know uh, someone who has a physical disability, who lives with some type of intellectual disability, or you have a friend or a family member with Down syndrome, or maybe you have a family member or a friend who is blind or deaf, or someone who has these incredible kind of sensory issues that's hard to understand and grasp, or maybe you yourself or you have a family member or a friend who's living with intense mental health issues. Whatever it may be, Difference is what God sees 
and values. Jesus sees the different in everyone. Some of you I know are living with incredible medical issues right now and that has turned your life upside down to where every part of you feels different now than before. But I want you to hear this today, that being different in these ways, whatever it is, does not make you anything less in the eyes of Jesus. Being different in these ways does not make you less in any way in the eyes of Jesus. They are not lesser ways to be human or to live in this world. In fact, all of them and many more are actually glimpses into different ways to be human. Different ways that God has wired us to bring honor and glory to him. And that is what Jesus sees. He looks into that tree and he sees Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, I have come for you. Jesus has drawn to him. He's drawn to him because he is different. And this morning, I want us to kind of see us all in that tree. He sees you and me in our own tree. Whatever it is that you think makes you different, that makes you questionable in the eyes of the world or in the eyes of God, Jesus comes and he seeks us out and he points at us up in our tree and he says, hey, what are you doing up there? I've come for you. I am here so that you can be a part of my family. But what else do we see in the story? We see that Jesus sees the different in everyone, but Zacchaeus has this incredible desire to see Jesus, right? And so if we want to see more of Jesus, we have to ask ourselves the question, what is our desire to see Jesus? Do we have that kind of desire welling up in us that would make us run to go find him? Look at verse four in Luke 19, it says this. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, the others, the crowd, they all complained, saying, he is gone, Jesus has gone to be a guest with a man who was a sinner. Now there's two things to notice here. First, Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is on the way and so he runs, he climbs the tree. Nothing is going to keep him from seeing Jesus. But then secondly, Jesus spots him. He calls him out and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house today to celebrate and Zacchaeus doesn't wait he makes haste he jumps down he runs to Jesus and he is filled with joy and what happens around him all the people the crowds they're lingering they're seeing this everyone is watching and they're judging and they're thinking how could Jesus go to be with someone like Zacchaeus why would he go to his home? He's a sinner. He's not someone that a person like Jesus should be hanging out with or let alone going to their house for a party. 
And we don't know exactly why they were saying this about Zacchaeus. Maybe it was because he was a tax collector and that profession was seen to be sinful. Or maybe it was because he was rich and the crowd are more middle class, lower middle class, poor, and they're judging Zacchaeus for his wealth. Or maybe, maybe it's because he's very short and he was an outsider, someone who was looked down upon literally and figuratively. But none of that, none of the crowd chirping, keeps Zacchaeus from running to Jesus. His desire to see Jesus was so strong. And so I wonder what our desire is today as we celebrate Christmas, as we head into a new year. If we're to ask ourselves the question, myself and you, what is our desire to see Jesus? He has come. That's what we've celebrated here this past Monday night. He has come for you. Are we meeting him there? Are we running to see him? And this may be a tough question for us to ask of ourselves, but probably a necessary one as we start a new year together. What are the things or What are the voices that are in our heads that are like the crowd around Zacchaeus saying that we don't deserve Jesus? Somewhere in your life, there's probably a voice. Maybe it's a person or maybe it's inside of you that keeps chirping, that keeps saying, you don't really deserve this. You don't deserve the love of Christ. You don't deserve to be accepted into the family of God. What are the places where we're hearing that? Because as we start a new year and if our desire is to want to see more of Jesus, we have to be able to let all of those questions pass away. Friends, if you have come to a place where you're still struggling to believe that you deserve the love of Jesus. May today be the end of that. Amen? Because Jesus loves you. He has come for you. He has pointed you out in that tree and he has said, I have come for you. Come down. Be a part of my family and let's celebrate. But finally this morning, we see that Jesus sees the different in everyone And we see that Zacchaeus has this desire to see him that makes us ask ourselves, what is our desire to see Jesus? But the third thing I want us to see if we're going to see more of Jesus is that we have the gift of a new family. The gift of a new family. Little Ansley, who we baptized this morning, has her natural family. But today, she received the gift of a new family. You all, us, That's what it means to be part of the church, of God's family here on earth. And so the only thing better than realizing that Jesus sees the different in everyone is to realize that Jesus is then building a new kind of family, a different kind of family. Look at verse 8. The story concludes like this. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor and I have taken anything. I have, if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today's salvation has come to this house 
because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus says, Jesus, look what I've done. I've, I've tried to live well. I've tried to do this well. If I've hurt anybody, I've tried to repay that. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, today is the day. Salvation has come to you, for you are a son of Abraham. Meaning, you are a part of the promise. You are in my family. In fact, I have come for people just like you. The different, those who may be on the outside, my mission is to bring all of us on the outside in to the family of God. That's what Jesus is doing. That's really what the mission of Christmas is all about, to see God come to earth to rescue and save and to build out the family of God. And you see, the bad news of the gospel was at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, sin came into the world through their actions and ripped apart God's family. And the consequences of that sin remained and they carried with us. And so throughout the Old Testament, God started to build a new family. And he called Abraham. And he said, Abraham, I'm going to promise you a family that will outnumber all the stars in the sky and all the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will be from across the world. And God was faithful to that family. And he saw it through the ups and the downs, all of the sin, all of the guilt, all the things, all the sacrifices through the Old Testament. But the good news of the gospel is that at Christmas, God comes to us to put an end to the power of sin over us. And so Emmanuel, God with us, means that God himself comes to walk among us, to dwell to live, to show us the ways that we were meant to live with God. Because God is holy, that sin has to be punished. And so Jesus doesn't just live a perfect life to show us a better way to live. He actually goes to the cross to be punished in our place for our sin so that God who is holy can welcome us back into his family. That is the good news of Christmas. And the resurrection, Jesus is coming back to life on the third day then is the promise of new life that fills our hearts now and gives us hope for eternity with him in heaven. And so to be a part of God's family is to recognize that all of us are different. We are different from God. Our sin separates us but because Jesus has come, because he has died and he has risen from the dead, we in our difference are welcomed into his family. What a gift. What a gift to be a part of that. And so as we close this morning, when Jesus sees you and me in our tree, whatever it is, where we've climbed up to get a better view and he points you out, he points me out and he says, I've come for you. You're in. You're with me. Let's go celebrate. The beauty of that 
is that when Jesus calls us from our tree, the Spirit's work in us begins to bring us to be able to see that one day Jesus would climb a different kind of tree. And from his tree on the cross, Jesus would look out and he would see you and me and he would say, you do in fact have my love. This is how I am giving it to you. And so rest in that today as we start a new year. Help us celebrate together, in fact, today that we are a part of that family, that he sees the different in all of us. Let that motivate us to want to see him more clearly and rest and celebrate in the fact that we are a part of his new and different family here on earth. That is what it means to be a part of his church. Amen? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks that we can today, in different ways, glimpse that you have welcomed us, that you've pointed us out, that you know our names, that you call us down from our tree, and you welcome us into your presence. But God, to do that, we have to see you clearly. We have to see the cross, that you would climb that tree, that you would take our sin on yourself, that you would put it away. Lord, help us to see you for who you truly are, that that is what you have came, come to do, to rescue us, to build a new family. And God, may we head into a new year believing that that's true, that your love is for us, God, I pray whatever the voices of the crowds around us or the voices in our own heads and hearts that say, maybe I don't deserve this. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm too far away. God, how could you ever love me? Lord, I pray that would end today, that your spirit would pierce through, that your love would break through, that all of us would hear you calling our names, calling us down from where we are and bringing us close and celebrating new life with you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?